Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. All right, church family, I want us to be in the Word today. So can you grab your Bible and get your Bible out? If you're using the Pewback Bible, we are going to be on page, I'll give you the page number even, 386. This is Psalm chapter 8, Psalm chapter 8, page 386. If you're using your own Bible, I have no idea what page that's on. (laughs) If you're using the phone, just Google it, Psalm chapter 8. Psalm chapter 8 is written by this man named King David. King David was a man where it says in Scripture two different times that he was a man after God's own heart. There was something about David where he was hungry for the presence of the Lord. He had a passion to pursue the presence. He had this appetite like his, like his palate had been salted down. He is just salivating for the presence. This is a guy that, that would hunger and thirst to know God. He says this, he says, as the deer pants. So my soul longs after you, my God and my Redeemer. There was something about King David that he was panting for the presence. He was longing. He, I got to know him. I've got to be with him. There was an urgency in his spirit to know this God. Not just a weekend pursuit when we come in on a Sunday morning. It was a lifestyle thing for David. I want to know who is this God that we're dealing with. And then he begins to pin these words. And as he begins to pin these words, he begins to tell us who this God is that we're worshiping. And all of a sudden, the bigness of God, he started to feel incredibly small. And then David proposes a question to God and he says, What is man that you would even be mindful of him? Or even the sons of men that you would even want to look upon them? This is the heart of David as he sees a great big God in a great big way and he's blown away by the beauty and the magnificent bigness of God. He begins to to write out some pretty awesome words. And I want to dive into this text. And as we do, we want to first see who the man is of David before we talk about all of the great things that he did. How many of you all know that what we do flows out of who we are? What you do flows out of who you are. If you're a happy person and you see a positive perspective and it's all good in the hood and God is faithful to those that he has called and he's going to pour out his love and he's going to be faithful to walk you through it, you're going to probably walk with your head up full of confidence knowing that God is going to be with you. It's because it's who you are. If you're kind of a grumpy person and you're, you just, the world is out to get you and everything is, you're always the victim and everybody always ripped you off, then guess what you're going to see because you only see what you're looking at. And you're going to see that, well, that person, man, they're mean, and they ripped me off, and this person is just going to remind yourself, and you're going to replay history all the time. David became great because of who he was in these secret, hidden places before God. 
You know, who you are when no one's looking is who you are. And David, there's no one looking, and David is just kind of locked away, hidden in this place, and he gets these revelations of who God is. And then whenever he comes out into the public, he shines. But let's rewind the tape and see who is this this David and what's the revelation that he has of God and when we have this revelation of God what goes on inside of him that moves him to live these lifestyles of faith and courageous living anybody you need to make some big decisions of of some faith decisions or you need to have some courageous movements no okay (laughs) I do I need some courage in my life man because sometimes I, I do it, but I, I just got to do it scared. And I got to just go for it. And man, I just need to have some courage to have this hard conversation. Or I need to live and lean into some faith, believing God for my future. And I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing. Or I need to be intentional to get into the presence. Because in the presence, man, he fills me with power. Power comes from the presence. And so David hangs with Jesus, this man after God's own heart, as he begins to engage. And there's scriptures, there's songs that King David wrote way back in the day that we still still sing today. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire and alone. To worship you. Oh, it's good, right? We still sing that stuff today. Or, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy walked with God right he knew God and from the place of the presence he had power in his life and so church family I just want to invite us to go into the presence to have a heart and to pursue a God that's pretty amazing he's pretty incredible and if we can right size God maybe we'll right size ourselves and we'll see that he's pretty big that is for us. He wants to show himself strong on our behalf. Those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And he pins these words. In Psalms chapter 8. He says, oh. Oh. Lord. Our Lord. How majestic is your name in all of the earth. You've set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and from infants you have ordained praise. Because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Man, David's getting pursued. King Saul is after him and David says there are enemies but you will avenge in the face of your enemies. Instead of fighting, I'm just going to worship. Oh, Lord, you're majestic. 
And I just pause just to look upon you. And I think about your name. And my enemy becomes incredibly small when I look at the bigness of my God. He says, when I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set into place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you even care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and you crowned him with glory and with honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and all that swim in the paths of the sea. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. As David begins to see this God, he then begins to see himself and he says, God, I don't even know that why you consider me, why you even look upon me. And then David just gets full of some faith. And David starts understanding his identity. And David comes into this place and he says, and yet you have given me power and authority to reign and rule on the earth. And you've put all of these things under my feet to lead and to go and to move and to breathe and to have my being and, and to have a job that I can create and to lead a family and to think about business and move a community and fire people up and, and rally around and help them power and break through. And, and David starts understanding who he is. When he sees God, he sees him. This is who I am in the heart and the mind of God. And he starts getting some clarity and some vision. And he starts then talking about himself, who he is in the presence of God. What's wild is we all remember the big battle that David fought. Y'all remember that one time when he wiped out Goliath? It only took one time. And we remember this big, massive moment of David's life. Y'all know that David was able to show up in that moment only because he had shown up moment after moment after moment, day after day after day, looking at the biggest giant we ever could set our eyes upon. He was fixated upon the God, the maker of heaven and earth. Who is Goliath compared to this God? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who would defy the enemies of God? He walks out in faith with boldness and confidence. Why? Because he just walked out of the throne room with the king. David was not confused. He was incredibly clear on the power and the authority that he walked in. Even before that, though, there was this moment. David was not prolific because of his slingshot. He was not prolific because of he was a man of war or of battle. David was known before that for his music. David was known because he could play the harp like none other. David was known as a man who could hang in the presence, who could usher in heaven through music. So King Saul, one day, he's going through it, and it had been an extended season of time. It says that Saul is full of worry and anxiety and fear, and he's freaking out. It says that Saul was double-minded. We've got multiple personality thing going on in King Saul. He's freaking out. 
and the men, the advisors to the king, the presidential advisors come around King Saul and they said, Saul, we know what you need. There's this man that we've heard about. He's actually a little boy who is prolific in playing the harp. So powerful that it shifts the the spiritual realm. Where the demonic realm leaves. Where all of a sudden we get peace of mind. It just ushers like a mist and a cloud that falls. The presence shifts and changes. This kid's freaky with what he can do in music. This guy's wild. We've heard about him. You need him here. Saul says, go and get him. This is 1 Samuel chapter 15 and 16. And they go and they get King, not even King David at the time, but they go and get David and they bring him into the presence of King Saul and he begins to play his harp. He begins, as he begins to play, the Holy Spirit begins to move through the power of this music, the discipline that he had when he was alone all by himself, his habits just to stay in the presence, to get off of his phone, to get off of his TV, to get off of just watching mindless television, to do whatever the stuff, that stuff is not going to change his life. But him staying in the presence and being disciplined in worship and growing in song and singing and writing. I mean, he became prolific in his worship before the Lord. As it says that he would stay with King Saul. King Saul wrote a letter to David's father, Jesse. And here's what he says. He says, I like your boy. Can he stay with me longer? sends a letter to King to, to, to Jesse. The very next chapter we read is that the story of David and Goliath. It's been said that, well, they must have forgot about David because he was out in the out in the shepherd field and, and, and King Saul said, you know, Jesse, bring me all of your boys and they're all in the in the in the army, right? And well I forgot another son. No, 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 no. David was not forgotten about. They knew who David was. He was prolific. He had already been ministering to the king before this. Grab your Bibles. Go with me to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 16. If you're using our Bible, it's page 202. And starting in verse 14, it says, Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendants said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here and search for someone who can play the harp. He will play in the evil spirit from God when it comes upon you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, and he said, I have seen the son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man. He's a warrior. He speaks well. He's fine looking. And the Lord is with him. God was on him. It wasn't, it wasn't his moment of, of Goliath and all of a sudden God came on him. No, no, no. It happened way before that. God was on this man. And I'll tell you, you that might think, God, I'm, this moment is coming. Don't wait for the moment and then try to hurry up and get a power re- relationship with God. 
David was disciplined in his time in the presence in worship. And then when his moment comes, maybe even years later, he's ready. Bring it. I've been ready for this moment. I am full of the Holy Spirit of God. Come on, bring it on, baby. Because when the moment calls, it's too late to get to get all fired up. It's too late to hurry up and like work up a revelation of who God is. It's too late to figure out your identity. Let's get locked in now. Right on. When those hard times come, when cancer comes calling, bring it on. I'm ready. I know who I am. I'm full of faith. When that hard relationship happens, let's go. Come on, I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to have clarity of mind. I am ready. I'm full of faith. God is on my side. When that financial crisis hits, come on, let's do it. I've got the maker of heaven and earth, the man who owns a, a cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't just own the cattle. He owns the thousand hills also, and he's for me. He's not against me. I know my God, and I know that he's with me. When that moment comes, when Goliath steps into the battlefield of your mind, in your marriage, in your life, I'm ready because I have been disciplined in the presence of God. So we already know who this guy is. This guy's wild. He's a warrior. He's smart. He's sharp. He can speak well. He can play the harp. In verse 19, then Saul sent messengers to Jesse, and they said, send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey, loaded it with bread and a skin of wine and a young goat, and he sent him with uh, his son David to King Saul. David came to Saul, and he entered into his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Would you allow David to remain in my service? I am pleased with him. When the Spirit of God came upon Saul, David would take his harp, and he would play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better, and the evil spirit would lead him, would leave him. There was power that he got in the presence. There was something that David said, I just got to be disciplined. I've got to stay in the presence. I can't go. I can't run around. I can't be distracted. I can't do a hundred other things. I've got to only do a few things, and one of them is the main thing. It's like Mary and Martha where Martha would be, rather be doing all of these things, she was distracted with the busyness. And Mary said, but there's one thing, and I just want to sit at his feet. I've got to know him. Jesus says, there's one thing, and you've got to know me. Then we see later on in the story, actually, if you just look on the, the next page, boom, then Goliath walks in. David was not in fear he didn't have a moment of weakness. He didn't look around. He wasn't freaking out. He didn't bite his nails. David tapped into these, just his, his, his way of life. He, he tapped into his history where God has been faithful. He tapped into who God was. And he goes, you know what? The one who has killed the lion and the bear, God will show up for me again and again and again and again. And so who is this guy? God will show up again. God has been ferociously faithful and constantly consistent in my life. And he's going to do it again. 
and he's going to do it again. And then he'll do it again, and he'll do it again. I know who my God is, and I'm full of faith. I'm unmoved in here. I'm unmoved. The Apostle Paul, he says, I know what it's like to be abased and to abound. I've been shipwrecked. I've dined with kings, and I have starved, and I've gone without. I've stayed in the palace, and I've been in the prisons, and none of this stuff moves me. Ugh. Come on, what's it take to have that inner resolve? When the king comes calling, you're like, I know, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for this moment. When the enemy comes calling, bring it on. I'm ready for this moment. When the lion begins to roar, come on, pussycat, I'm ready for this moment. When the bear starts to, to get his claws out, come on, let's go. Bring it on. I am ready. Not because you're awesome, but because you've got a revelation of who this God is. And he's given you the authority to walk it out here on the planet. Who is man that you'd even be mindful of him? Yet you've given him power and authority here on the earth. Church family, what we're called to do is some pretty amazing stuff. But you can't do unless we first figure out who you are in him. And it's who before do. I got to know him. And I got to see who I am in him and it comes from the presence it comes from the daily discipline decisions it comes from being like a deer that pants after the water it comes from hunger and from thirst not from a casual pursuit of Jesus we're talking white hot affection I wake up early I stay up late I do whatever it takes to get into my word to find these places of encounter with him that's the worship that's going on in the car. That's the worship that's going on when I'm getting ready in the morning. That's the, that's the podcast and the preaching of the word that I'm listening to and I'm getting my mind right all of the time. I'm saturating myself in the scripture with some urgency. Come on, with some urgency. So here's what we're going to do this morning. As we're just singing and playing, playing music, I believe that there's something powerful that King David had with the, with the power of worship and with music. And we're playing music right now where we're just going to open up this altar. And where you come in and you say, Jesus, I need more. I want to be in the presence. Would you just salt my appetite to where I thirst for you and I hunger for you? Where we respond with God. And that's, that's where we're going now, that we would just respond with God. Maybe there's a giant that is rearing his ugly face. Perhaps there's the lion or the bear that's out there. Before you show up on that battlefield, you better have been powerful in the presence first. Or you will get your fanny kicked. <laughs> but when you have been powerful there in the private, you can be powerful in the public. Come on, we've got to know him. We've got to know him. The altar is open. If you want to come forward, maybe you just want to sit right there and say, Jesus, come and find me in my pew. That's fine too. But here it is. This is where it's open. Let's sing a song of worship where God's saying, come on, he wants to meet us. He wants to come and see us. He wants to encounter his people here this morning. Come on, Jesus. I come to you for I know you satisfy 
I am weary, but I know your love does not run dry. So I wait for you. So I wait for you. asking him for more of the presence. Just ask him right now to fill you with might in your inner man. God, I pray that you would fill us with might in our inner man, God. We ask you for strength. We ask you that you would just fill us with the hope of heaven. Come on, the heat of heaven. Come on, Jesus. We're asking for supernatural breakthroughs. God, do something that only you can do. With man, it seems hopeless, but with God, all things are possible. Through him who believes. God, we're asking you for some faith to walk this thing out. God, I pray that you would raise up some lion killers, some giant killers. God, we pray that this would be a church that's victorious, that we just keep walking it out. God, we pray that that through through the power of this worship and this music that you would just release us from, from darkness, from evil depression, from suicidal thoughts, from anxiety and worry. In the same way you did with King Saul, God, would you free your people today as we worship you. God, set free your bride as we come into the presence. And we pray that you would set us free this morning, Lord. By the power of the Holy Spirit, do something that only you can do, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Let's sing this song one more time. Mm. Hungry, I come to you. For your arms are open wide. I am weary. Your love does not run dry, so I wait for you, so I wait for you. I 
2 Samuel chapter 23. This is how it ends for David. This is David's last moment. Psalm, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 23, it says, These were the last words of David. The oracle of David, the son of Jesse. The oracle of the man exalted by the Most High God. The man anointed by the God of Jacob. And it says this, He was the sweet singer of Israel. <laughs> the sweet singer of Israel. He wasn't just known to be the giant killer, to be the lion killer. He was known for his worship. He was known for a, God, for, for a guy that would hang with God in worship. He was known for his music. He was known for his instruments and for his songs and for his writings. Come on, let's be men that are known for our worship. Let's be women that are known for our worship. Let's be a church that's known for how we worship and how we go after this God. And so, Father, we just pray over this, over this house. God, we pray over every single person that's here. Draw us into the presence like a deer that's panting. Father, we pray that we'd be like a church on fire for the presence. God, lead us and put a longing inside of us that we would know you and that our power would come from the presence of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray this, and we pray a blessing upon this house. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said with me, amen and amen. Amen. Love you, church. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.